What's going on, guys? We got another episode of Chats with Max. We got Jess Kenton. She's an Australian artist, kind of EDM, reggae, poppy vibe. She is touring with Years and Years, and right now she's previously toured with Coldplay, Daya, and right now she's got a show on October 25th. Go catch her Thursday night at the Wiltern in LA, and if not, go catch one of her other tour dates. Now listen in. She's got an awesome story about her come up in music and how she markets herself. Let's go. Travel, entertainment, fashion, photography, social media, business, music. This is Chats with Max. What's going on, guys? We got another episode of Chats with Max today. We got Jess Kenton. She just flew in from Australia like, what, two days ago, right? Literally, probably less than that. But I think I spent longer on the actual flight than I have actually been here yet. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's not always fun. But uh, Jess is really cool. She's a kind of like a reggae pop ska artist, I would say. Uh, how would you explain your kind of sound? Yeah. Reg- reggae pop, did you say? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of, yeah. I listen to a lot of hip hop, um, Brit pop, because I was born in England. Mm-hmm. I guess like kind of electro. Yeah, I can pop. definitely see that. Um, it's a mashup. But yeah, uh, so Jess, she has a crazy story. Originally born in England, out from, uh, where in Australia? Not Brisbane, Adelaide, right? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, out from Adelaide, then came out to Sydney, and now she's finding herself out here in LA. So crazy stuff. She toured with Coldplay, Daya, and now she's got another tour coming around. We're, so, yeah, we're leaving stuff. the day after tomorrow, actually. So, um, yeah, we're going out with years and years yeah. around the country. And they just it's going to be fun. Studio, so they got a lot going on, too. So oh, it's cool. Be exciting. Yeah, yeah, they're so sweet. Um, I love those boys. We played like two shows in California, like not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if they were just like one off shows before this tour started. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. So I'm on the bus. Yeah, bus life. So that'll be fun. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so Jess, I mean, the last time I saw you was like almost a year and a half ago. I believe it was pre-Coldplay and you were still hitting up uh, Get Down when you were going around for your press tours. Right. But now, I mean, what are we looking at right now in the present? Well, I mean, my God, yeah, it's been a year. I mean, we did go out on the Coldplay tour and uh, and they... They asked us out to play Asia as well, and yeah. we played, you know. That. It has to be like, Thank you. That was, yeah, uh, I just like accidentally fell onto the stadium a gig run. Of a lifetime, that's awesome. <laughs> Hopefully not a lifetime. Yeah. Hopefully it happens more, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it was like so surreal and um, definitely like would jump at the chance to do it again. But yeah, we kind of just went from like playing local festivals or like festivals in australia and then yeah, like jumped onto that before that right pretty much yeah 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 so um yeah there was like this one point at, i don't know how we decided but i think it was like just after the the asia run mm-hmm. everyone's like okay you need to actually like make a body of work so yeah. that we like have something to go out with so i kind of just like ducked in the studio for like a year and was like i'm not coming out until we've got an album Mm -hmm. so that's what we've been doing yeah and was the most your most recent work i believe was girl right yeah that's kind of the first single of the album so um it's a little two-week-old baby right now yeah how's that yeah yeah it's been like um 
kind of like unexpectedly like um great i mean it's playlisting um getting a lot of streams and we're starting to get radio play you know in australia and um so that's really cool we just got back off um a tour out there yeah and so it feels like it's happening pretty um pretty fast you know it's only been a fortnight but um yeah it's Not good to, it's game, good to be way. back <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well that's awesome i mean that's what's going on in the present and i know you co- kind of cover your backstory a lot especially in interviews so we don't have to get too deep into it but if you want to touch on it i mean so you're out from australia mm-hmm. and what were kind of like your influences growing up too you got it really accurate as well with the adelaide thing usually people just skip to sydney so thanks yeah i mean it might look like we're bootstrapping it but i mean the quality (laughs) is there so yeah you did your research (laughs) yeah um yeah well i mean i kind of like it does get like confusing to um well i guess it's just like a lot of explaining when i try and you know say where i'm from i'm like oh i was born in england yeah blah 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 but i think that all of those things probably contributed in some way to like making this like eclectic sound yeah the multicultural yeah. influence because you were out in yeah. england until you're like 10 right so right. it's like you've been yeah you've had so lives in all kinds of different places really. pretty much yeah like you're having like your third life out here yeah seriously like yeah. it's so true um i guess growing up in england was like very brit pop and rock and stuff where was stuff that exactly like that. by the way um that was derby okay so i worshipped like oasis because they were from like yeah you know, the Midlands and bands like that. And I loved the police and, you know, all our family friends would play like in bands and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And kind of would just like steal my brother's like Eminem CDs and like hip hop stuff and or gorillas or something like that. So it was like super like pop, like Christina Aguilera and Nelly Furtado and Pink. Mm -hmm. And then like hip hop and gorillas. Yeah. Now were you your parents were your parents into the hip hop or did you kind of do, listen Not to that on, really. the, on the low? No, they were sometimes like sometimes people have to like hide their hip hop, you know? Kind of. Well I was kind of like a bit of a tomboy, but also like my C D collection was super girly. Like it really was like the Spice Girls, blah blah blah. Yeah. So it was kind of random, like it's hard even to imagine that like when you're younger you would like save up to buy a CD. Right. You know Especially what I mean? now when you can get like everything for five bucks practically, right? Right. I feel so old even explaining that. But it was like, I know. <laughs> this is your pocket money. Like, what do you want to spend it on? And yeah. we'd be like, oh my God, what CD are we going to get? Yeah. You know, you better choose carefully. So um, you would just listen to the same, same thing like over and over, you know, mm-hmm. learn every lyric. So, yeah. <clears throat> and what what's your favorite police song, by the way? <gasps> Oh my god! I started learning this new one the other day. Yeah. I mean, I love so many. I love "Shape of My Heart." I love. Um, my favorite album is the Regatta de Blanc one. Mm-hmm. Or Synchronicity. I'm. Or Walk on the Moon. I'm the basic bitch over here. I like that. It was like Roxanne. Oh uh, yeah. And it's funny because it gets old. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I kind of have good memories to it. I, I uh, played water polo in high school. And oh, like, yeah? that was like the jam when we were getting ready for whatever reason. Which That's is, so random. Right? So you just pump 
kind of weird. Roxanne. In, in our speedos like, and like doing push-ups okay. and stuff. Was, you know. That's your like pre-water polo ritual? Essentially, yeah. So it was, it was a little suspect, but we did it. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of that one before, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, so you have this process, you were born in England, I believe, what, you move out with your family out to Adelaide, right? Yeah, yeah, so. And then you kind of came in, I'm sure you had, were developing your love for music throughout that process, but then you kind of realized that the music scene, at least in Australia, was out in Sydney, right? Pretty much, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was like, I was so young, obviously, when we moved, and so for a few years it was cool because... I was studying music and like I would just go busking on the street and like mm-hmm. you know play outside the venues that we weren't allowed into yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was watching a couple of interviews that, and it was funny that like it seemed like a lot of people didn't know what busking meant. Yeah, I know. And you always had to explain it. Yeah, like, I guess well like street performing. Yeah, it's the same thing. I've come to trying to learn the lingo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But essentially it was that. Like I would just set up outside, like on the street. Yeah. And be like everyone like come party and you did that in adelaide too um i did that in adelaide yeah Yeah. um so i mean luckily i was so young i don't even know how i would go trying to do that now like well just because if i had never have done it when i was younger oh yeah yeah yeah. we kind of just like getting out of your comfort zone and not caring kind of yeah we weren't worried about being cool we were just like we're cutting our teeth being like okay how do we give people like the best time? Yeah. And just like connect. I think that's the perfect practice. And yeah. w- what kind of made you take that transition to be like, okay, around, it was, I think it was 18-ish from what I have uh, saw online, you, you decide you wanted to run out to Sydney. I mean, that's a big leap. Because when I was in high school, for example, yeah. I was like, I want to work in entertainment, blah, blah, blah. I was in the Bay Area and that's like where all the tech companies are. Right. And just thinking of the thought of leaving home, even though like you went like a lot farther, I would assume. So when did you move to LA? Uh, more like San Gabriel Valley, so like forty minutes away from LA. But that was okay. like 2013 when Jacob and I just shout out to Jacob, the camera guy. Uh, we're at Azusa Pacific, which is a college out here. Okay. Um, but anyways, main point with that is you know it takes a lot of courage to move out of your hometown and really be like, right. I want to pursue this. I'm gonna Big leave move. everything behind. I mean, all your friends, I'm sure, stayed back in Adelaide, right? A yeah, lot of I didn't know anyone in Sydney. It yeah. was, well, I knew one person, and they were kind of like that one person for me that was like, yo, like you should just move. Yeah. And so I did a trip out and like visited and like met a bunch of people and they were like, yo, like, why don't you just move? And I was like, I'm down. And so they, they said, well, come and come next week. So I just did because I thought if I don't just do it, I think like it's, there's something to be said for like starting just before you're ready, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just kind of figure it out. So I literally was like the cliche girl, like with a suitcase in one hand and like guitar in the other, just like. And it was purely no for money. music that you're moving, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you weren't, were you kind of on the fence at all? Like maybe I want to do music or it was like, I'm doing music. I think there was like a little bit of a few months of trying to do both and make trips and I was at college and so I was kind of like I think for anyone in the music industry like there's so much that goes into it that you really have to give it your a hundred percent you know so for me like one of it was a risky move but like one of the main things that got me like really kicked it into gear was just like not having a plan b yeah 
So I literally just went cold turkey, dropped out of college, moved to Sydney. You know, it was like I was there to do that thing. And if I didn't keep pushing forward every like month or couple months, then I would just be going back home. Yeah. So So it's always been like, I don't want to go home yet. Yeah. And one thing I haven't seen anyone cover is like, were your parents approving of that at the time? (laughs) Yeah, I know your your parents were. or your father played music too, right? Yeah, so they they were kind of cool about it. Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, go." Yeah, but I think everybody was like, like "Oh, she's gonna like, oh. like go for a few months and like try it and have some fun." Uh huh. You know, and then it like turned into like haven't been home since. <laughs> well, I mean, so. and cheers to that. I mean, and it seems like. Um, while you were out in Sydney throughout the whole process, being scrappy, busking, finding your way into studios, and then you kind of continued writing that song, uh, Get Down, essentially. That was a big catalyst for you in the beginning, right? Right. And I mean, I mean, run me through that process. Were you kind of still just bootstrapping and bootstrapping, and then you put yeah. that video together, and then it just, everything literally. changed in the, overnight, practically? It literally was overnight. Yeah. Like, I wrote that song in my bedroom, I didn't have a label. I didn't even have interest. I just, I didn't have a following. I, that was my Mm -hmm. starting point was like, and we still, we still work like that now within my team is like, let the music lead and then extracurricular can follow that. Yeah. You know? So it was just like, yeah, we've got this song. Like, why not just put it out and then just see how it reacts. And then maybe that will, attract like some some people or get me some gig opportunities mm-hmm. i never thought that that would um like go straight to radio and like lead to all this touring and and getting signed and all of that you know yeah and a while. the big part that helped the song move was the video essentially too right because it was so or, or was it previous yeah it was that? funny yeah we kind of like started as like kind of joking and we were like no yeah let's do it Mm -hmm. I think there's a big thing like especially I think for girls is like it's very much like what do you look like like what are you wearing like what's your video like what's the vibe what's the branding blah 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 and aside from the fact that probably didn't really know at the time even though I haven't I don't think I've really changed that much since then we were like again let's just let the song lead like there's a lot of lyrics Mm -hmm. um and it's a story and it's a sound like it was my my sound you know i was so proud to have put that together as my first song mm-hmm. so we're like who cares just it was your first song that you like produced yeah okay it really really was that's i mean that's I had, pretty crazy i had written songs I'm like sure, forever but it was the first one you record professionally right right yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah wow and and i mean to Give the audience kind of like an explanation of the video. I mean, I'm sure you should look it up. Get down. Just can't. Go search on YouTube. But it, instead of like a regular music video, it's just all emojis explaining the song. It was all emojis. Yeah. And, and people were fired up about it. It was crazy. Yeah. My yeah. poor creative director was, it, he was like, apparently it took him like three hours for every three seconds. Oh, Like in the gosh. video. Yeah. Because it's just like it is like a stop motion screen. animation. Yeah. Yeah. Like every split second. It's oh, changing with the words. That's crazy. Poor guy. But it turned out. I mean, cheers to him. Cool. I know. Wait, did you pay him at the time or you kind of do it on him. spec for you? Um, I don't remember. I think he like definitely did some cool favors. Well, shout out to and him And we just that. kind of like worked it out along the way. Yeah. yeah. I feel <laughs> that. Um, in, in 
previous to that, what were you struggling at all? I mean, were you balancing like a part-time job and trying to do your music stuff too? Um, or were you making enough busking to get by? Or how, how was that process? Yeah, I kind of like was in and out of jobs, like uh, retail jobs or like some, you know, like a cafe job. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, when I signed my first like publishing deal in Australia, it was small, but I was like, wow, I can actually quit my job. That was like the moment where I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. But I think even then it was like still a struggle, you know. It's like you just you just end up putting your like 24-7 into like, is this going to help me with my music? Like yeah. literally everything like to what you're eating, where you're going and like what you're investing in. Like I would rather buy – more equipment for my show than like go and I don't know like Buy go, f- go for brunch <laughs> yeah like when sometimes I would want to like go see my friends and yeah. I'd be like I'm not going to dinner tonight because trying to save up I'm for broke. that mic yeah gotta get that guitar pedal you know yeah. so it's just like it was a choice but it was definitely wasn't easy all the time yeah I mean you know I I think a lot of times in interviews people do a disservice by making the artist or talent look like they just had it all easy, you know? So it's cool to hear some of your struggles. Yeah. I mean, it kind of like reinforces as well, like why you're doing it. Like if you got to go that long with nothing, then, you know, I think a lot of like the glamorization of the industry and, and doing all of this, like that all melts away when you're doing it for real. And yeah, you're like, where am I going to sleep tonight? Or like, when you haven't got food in your belly or you haven't got your phone charged, then that's when you really got to, like, really love it yeah. to keep going. What age, uh, how old were you when that transition hit when you first signed your publishing deal? Um, It was probably about a year into living in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was when I started working. I mean, really, my management, who is the same people that I work with now, yeah. um, this guy, Andrew Klippel, found me on Instagram okay of all places shout out to andrew (laughs) yeah shout out andrew because yeah i was posting like little snippets of like videos of me playing guitar and singing yeah he found that and and really just like developed me over the years and so yeah we still we still work together now and um it was just like a constant process of like just just building together Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that kind of answers your question. No, yeah, it totally does. So, I mean, run me through. I mean, so the song's out, you signed the publishing deal, and and what was next? Because, I mean, this kind of sounds recent, actually, now that I think of it. Yeah. It's kind of within the recent couple years. Yeah, it's all been, um, like, yeah, we always say this as well, like, oh, my God, it's been years. And, like, it has in a lot of ways, but also... um, I was expecting it to take a long time. And so a lot of, um, yeah, I've kind of already like surpassed what I set out to do. I wanted to like play some festivals in Australia, you know? Yeah. So, um, so you started picking up a lot bigger gigs once you got that publishing deal and your song was circulating on the radio a bit. We signed to the label Mm -hmm. and that's when, um, we kind of finished off the EP that, uh, I had already been writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we signed to 
capital here in the States. So it was always, after that, it was kind of like, it's easier for me to be in LA and, you know, doing my album because my team, really, my core team is here, even though I have a label in Australia. Yeah. So... I think after that point, then it was like, okay, the goal was always like to get to LA so that I could actually just focus and have a home base as opposed to just being on tour every single day of my life. Yeah, I totally you know? like. You see some artists really get caught up in the tour life too. It's really And then, no, they, and then some it. of them end up not putting out new work, really, yeah. right? Well, I mean, that's great if you can keep touring. Um, but yeah, I was kind of like, I don't even have a debut record. So I know, but I mean, you, you've done a lot just off EPs and singles, to be honest. Yeah, it was the it was just like the one EP. So all of those songs. Which is at my the name time, is Jess Kent, right? Or? My name is Jess Kent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they were all songs that I had written in that time, like in Sydney, just playing guitar. And I would have to kind of be able to finish a song on my own, like finish an idea so that I could take it to a producer because that was the resources that I had at the time. You know, it wasn't like so many people in a writing room. So, mm. yeah, I think I think that's good. Like everything seems to be so fast now. Like everyone's wanting things to happen so quickly and so much of your development they expect it to happen before you even put anything out but I feel like so much of my experiences around what was happening at the time has yeah. informed the music and vice versa well, like without the experiences you have no music right at least in my opinion not yeah. like music that has depth totally yeah I mean like the album that we're almost done with now is like all stuff that I've drawn from that two years of like touring and traveling and meeting all these people and having all these new experiences so I feel like you need to have new bodies of work for it to be true to like your your audience like that it's still your story you know yeah definitely you you signed with this label and the video with get down caught attention and that's kind of how like Coldplay for example found you right yeah they tweeted me which, which that's crazy <laughs> itself and then you find yourself blasting out on tour eventually mm-hmm. and was and then then you got with dia to or dea uh was that before or after yeah. that uh i think it was in between oh that's we crazy did, yeah we did um like australia in between the legs of the tour with coldplay no we did not oh no <laughs> so you're just balancing it <laughs> no we did australia yeah and then uh i don't know what they were doing but we had a month and dea asked me out on tour mm-hmm. so then we were on a bus for six weeks and yeah. then i think the last show was in chicago and i remember flying from chicago to singapore like uh, on the day that i finished and like starting in singapore yeah was that kind of like uh, a really strenuous time for you like we, you were just constantly on constantly performing right yeah. but i'm sure you grew a lot at the t- same time yeah like it was new for sure so i was kind of like Oh my god, what is happening? Yeah. Um but I think that like getting thrown in the deep end is it's not easier, but like your learning trajectory is like you've either gotta like figure it out really quick. Or, Accelerated learning, right? Right. It yeah. was kinda like didn't have a choice, so I just like learned. What was it like going from like practicing in your bedroom, busking? to that kind of scale too because i'm sure you, it wasn't like all linear for you it was kind of like you skipped a couple of steps i would assume right i mean kind you're probably of. doing smaller shows yeah but then you're out doing stadiums on this tour yeah so. some of the like 
I guess the festivals in Australia were probably some of the bigger audiences that had played to. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it was like, you know, like club shows, like 300 people or, or, or less sometimes maybe. So it was kind of like the first one going out was in New Zealand. And I remember just being like, oh my God, there's so many people. It's literally a sea of people. Yeah. I think like the old like busking stuff kicked in because I was like, you know, I'm a new artist. They're here to see Coldplay. And so how am I going to use this 30 minutes or whatever it is to just like have a good time? And like, that's the goal, right? It's just like, make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. So um, it had to come from uh, like me and my band first and just like not caring. And yeah. And all your practice from before just applied, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sure once you got on stage and got into your groove, it was just like, yeah, I Chris got this, right? Yeah, actually gave me some good advice. He was like, just play like everybody's your your friend or like your best mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they are there to see a show and have a good time and you're there to play the show and have a good time. So really when you think about it like that, it's not as scary. Well, here's another thing too. I've heard from, I think it was T-Pain said he's more comfortable playing stadiums than clubs because kind it's of. more intimate playing cl- clubs. So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, too? it's true. Um, We just played a tour in Australia that was kind of like, you could, there were still kind of big shows, but it was indoor and small enough that you could see people's faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, hey guys, <laughs> Um, that's probably more of an exercise of like not caring. Uh huh. Did you have any kind of weird experiences too with like the fans and the people in, in uh, while you're on the, these tours? Yeah, they yeah they heckle. Like I feel like when you've only got one song out that's like your single. Yeah. Until you have like another single, then yes, yeah, so everyone will be like, "Play Get Down." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll I'll play that one later, so that you guys will stay <laughs> to the end." <laughs> That's what you got to do, right? To keep their attention, huh? Yeah, I'm like, we'll get to that. But did you have any, like, strange fan encounters or anything like that at the time? Or, um, I mean, it's definitely different, I think, in Australia, just because, like, Get Down played there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there, there was definitely, like, a couple of nights where they would just, like, start singing it. And you'd be like, whoa. So sometimes yeah. we just go with it. Like if they start singing it, then we'll just like, I'll just go with them. Yeah. You know, like I love crowd interaction. I think that having every show unique is like fun for me as well. So yeah, yeah. We I guess just do, we just do dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like a different audience for each genre too. Cause like I, I was in the studio at Kiss with uh, the chain smokers and they were saying they had this weird ass experience. Like they were performing, doing their set and this chick, walked up with all black hair shaved her head with a portable razor and started eating her hair and staring at them what (laughs) why how and then she just kept eye contact and vanished into the crowd like like uh so she came on the stage or no she just came to the front like imagine this is this is the edge of the stage she was like this practically over a fence like right next to the stage yeah shaves her head and starts eating her hair what? I just wanted to see if you had anything crazy in the books, but I mean, ma- I mean maybe that's in the future. Crazy. 
Yeah, shout out to someone. You know, go do that just as show in the future. Try it out. See how she reacts. Come shave your head if you want. <laughs> I don't know. People get on the shoulders. I don't know. Yeah. That's, funny. That's pretty crazy. It is. I'm gonna have to think of like a How, crazy story. I don't. Now you have to prep yourself because yeah. now someone's gonna hear this and they're gonna try it. So I know. Watch oh out. god. Okay, crazy stuff. You went on these tours. You're getting the social following. You got a cool audience on Spotify. What's your process when it comes to releasing a single and trying to get it out to the masses? So you're getting these stream plays. Uh, you know, you're gaining new unique listeners and everything like that. What's your strategy on that? Do you do you kind of look at that or is that more your label that ends up kind of handling that stuff? I feel like, especially these days, um, the artist has to be like as in control of that stuff as possible, mm-hmm. you know, with, like with all credit to my creative team as well because it does take a village. Um, but ultimately, it's just like me knowing what I'm here to say and like why I'm doing it. And I think, again, like it always, for me anyway, it always just comes down to like the songs. Like when I lead with the music first, that is always when things seem to go better. Mm, kind of like opposed to if you build it, they'll come kind of thing. Like if you have great content, what's the video going to be? Then I don't know. Like we still, maybe it's because I come from just writing the songs on guitar. Mm. I don't know. But it always seems to just be way more simple and work way better when like everyone's focusing on the song first. Yeah. So And then organically people will see that and share that's kind of your strategy you're saying? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. like if I don't believe it and if I'm just making stuff up, then I feel like that's got to be so much harder to sell. Like I know there's people that can do that great and there's a lot of like pop stars, for example, that I – grew up listening to or they're around now and you're like you're amazing because you can do that thing and this they'll commit to it and you're like it's larger than life and it's amazing um but yeah like my way of like I when I connect with people the most is when being real I think yeah I like that and when it when it comes to you know, trying to spread your songs around too. What do you like better? I mean, I'm sure, you know, everyone wants radio play, right? But where do you start before that? Are you like hitting the blogs or what's the story with that? Yeah, definitely like make time, you know, it doesn't matter if it's like a big blog or a small blog or whatever. I will just like, I remember reading like when Ed Sheeran was starting out that he played like ridiculous amount of gigs in a year, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like, yeah, I think like face to face and word of mouth is like still in this digital age, like it's still super effective, if not more effective, you yeah. know, because then that eventually like I'm sure it will translate. I don't know, but I would rather like travel around to every single city and see everyone. If I could thank every single person that has streamed my song or played my song, hell yeah, I will do that. Yeah, and then it would get them to be like, oh, Jess is so sick, you should check her out. So then it kind of gets that organic stream yeah. going, right? Yeah, because it's like there's so many people that you could be listening to. Yeah. And I'm aware of that. And I listen to so many different artists and every week is different. So for people to even like care to listen to my songs or, you know, start to follow me, uh, you know, like to invest in my project and my albums and me as an artist and to pay tickets to go for a show then maybe I'm super traditional but I just feel like that's like the 
that's the best that I can give back to people, mm-hmm. you know? Especially with individual interactions. Because I feel like when people look at someone with you, like, you know, I got like somewhere around like 30,000 followers on Instagram and like hundreds of thousands of fans on Spotify. Mm-hmm. They might look at you as not just... A, not really a person because you know you have so much stuff going on you know so it's cool for them to have that realization where the curtain falls down and you say hey like thank you so much so yeah. i like that yeah maybe i should get better at i don't know but i mean what you're doing seems like it's working so yeah it's better for me as well like for my sanity if i can be out like doesn't feel like work i mean it's hard for sure but i just think like whatever effort like you give out like you'll get it back. So Mm -hmm. try not to cut corners. Yeah, definitely. What else have you struggled with on this process? I mean, you got this all-star label out here in the States. You got Capital. You got EMI watching you over in Australia. You're doing these crazy flights, doing these crazy gigs, uh, getting... (laughs) Wow. Thanks, man. Well... You make it sound like... What? Like my head's going to explode. Like, oh. oh my god this sounds so exciting of course yeah showing you compliments i got yeah you. no it's not all it's not all uh, glitz and glamour yeah no and rainbows sex and, drugs and rock and roll time, right but um i actually i don't know the the socials thing is has kind of been a bit of a thing i guess um as far as like a struggle not in the sense that like that i sit and like count my followers every single day mm-hmm. but more in the sense that like put so much sort of um what's the word deliberate um attention to what I want my songs to be about and um for my messaging to be very positive for girls and young people and um you know like just wanting to kind of be very clear that it's it's myself that's um saying these words and writing these songs yeah so it can be kind of tricky like on social media where everything is so visual and it's so numbers based and very surface so, level at times yeah it's like so opposite to that yeah so um yeah i think we're getting there now because i just post like whatever like i don't really think about it to be honest yeah. so i don't really know like maybe i should have a better strategy but so, so you, you're saying you you've kind of struggled with the idea of having to focus on social media outside of just your creative music right i have done at times mm-hmm. and also like um in judgment and everything like that yeah right? and like maintaining a private life outside of my my job in music but um i understand that there's a lot of crossover so yeah now it's, it's like cool your fans are part of your life now yeah in the way the social is structured you know it is kind of like that and i'm kind of learning to just like embrace that and just love that because yeah. like genuinely like i love my fans so i kind of have started just sharing more like if i am struggling then i'll write like a massive complaining caption <laughs> and like just hope that someone sends me something nice or like yeah. or they can just like put up with my complaining you know and then like vice versa on other days when i'm feeling great i'm like okay cool like i'm gonna share this today and so i'm more like just open with like the roller coaster that is life well and i find it really funny because some of the uh quotes i've seen you say about social you say you didn't really deal with hate or like you know people talking crap in the beginning not so much 
And then I saw that song Trolls come out. I mean, like, where are you at now? <laughs> now on this stage, you know? I'm kind of like, I think I just. Are you, are you getting some hate now, or are you I still above it? Probably. Yeah. Maybe if you like search through my comments, I'm sure there would be some there. I mean, bless you, because some people really get it bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I kind of just wrote that song, Trolls, as my, like, anticipation of that inevitably happening. (laughs) So that I could just. (laughs) Yeah, I can just, like, copy and paste that as a, like, a reply in the comments, you know, so I don't actually have to say anything. That song is really cool, by the way. It kind of gives off, like, 8 bit vibes to me, you know, like, really electro. I like it, yeah. Yeah, it was super 8 bit. We were, like, half joking when we started and then we were like oh, oh this right. is really fun yeah, this sounds kind of cool yeah i like that what, what has been your proudest moment in life so far with music with what you've been doing wow um we, we got to get a little introspective here with the guests. wow yeah this is getting very introspect i mean there's been some i feel like at every juncture it was always like my first gig was field day playing a festival for me I was like oh my god I can retire this is so sick Mm -hmm. um what festival stands out for you I don't know I would say like my most dramatic moment okay like so far is probably right at the end of the Asia tour we played in Korea Mm -hmm. and I think we had two nights there but there was this like moment where I was like right down the end of the runway thing that goes down the middle mm-hmm. and I ran down to the end and we were singing get down and I basically like taught it to the whole crowd like they're Korean they haven't heard my song before like yeah they were literally like this whole entire stadium was fully singing it and what? like going so hard as well like that's so cool yeah like you didn't know you had exposure with that kind of audience yet right no i was like are they gonna go with this i was kind of like yo i just want everyone to just like rock out and just yeah. have the best time and just like forget like no one's watching you like who cares here's the song like mm-hmm. let's try it and yeah they were just like singing it so loud and i actually started like i was like don't well up, don't cry, don't cry. You've got to sing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think I would cry in that moment. Like, I was like, ah. yeah. Like little Jess with the guitar in yeah. hand, like in Sydney was like, yeah. That's amazing. Bless up. Um, <laughs> so closing up, I did have, I do have one question that I made sure I wanted to hit with you. You said you, you were asked what your favorite Coldplay song was and you said, fix you. Yeah. And you said you wish you wrote it. And I'm like, yeah. what? I'm like, why though? It's just like there has to be more than just like just because there has to be a reason. I mean, does that, that was a big song for me when I was in high school. And I was like, oh, like getting down and then getting Dude, up. You know, it's what I mean? so good. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I mean, they are just amazing songwriters anyway. And so like the whole time I was just like standing. I was just like, mm. teach me something, anything. Like show me your ways. But I think it was just. Does it need explaining? It's like, I would, it's so oh. great. It's just amazing it's just so for good. you. Yeah. Just using like, um, like using opposites and like the simplicity. Like I think um, Chris is really good at making simplicity profound. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't sound boring. Yeah. You're like, Whoa. I totally agree. Cause sometimes when you go back and maybe you learn some of their songs, you're like, this is really like, 
not that crazy, right? But it's the, how the lyrics are done that yeah. really ties everything together. Yeah, like the they just use space so well, and do, I just I love them anyways. You know, I'm the just, same way. I've, They're like one of my favorite bands. Uh, I uh, right. for a head full of dreams. I went once. I bought their tickets in advance, like months before. And then I was like, that was fucking amazing. And then they were playing a show the next day. And I'm like, all right, we're going again. Like, no, it was that dope. You went twice. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm a big wow. fan over here. But Did I'm, you see like the balloons that they threw out? Did oh, they do that? Of course. Yeah, it was amazing. That Fireworks. Was so they had like the lights going off and stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. The, the guy, like they have a whole team that literally coordinates the balloons because mm -hmm. that's how massive their team is. Yeah. And that um, the coordinator would like yell at us every night and be like, yo like it's time for the balloons and we would like run out and join the team and like throw them all oh, up with everyone awesome. yeah. yeah it was so fun wow well just kent we got a show coming up in la on the 25th with years and years of the world turn yes. any other closing out moments anything the audience should look out for go listen to girl it's out right now and it's for all my girls and yeah. people who don't want to care yeah it's a heater so you gotta check it out <laughs> that was just kent super cool girl out from australia she's got her last tour date with years and years tomorrow night at the will turn in los angeles october 25th keep up with her at just kent music one word on all the socials follow her on spotify she's got a lot of awesome hits on there we got javon alvin coming up next week he's a actor a singer and motivational guy all around so you definitely don't want to miss that subscribe keep up with that and also follow me at chats with max to keep up with the podcast week to week thanks again for listening and i'll see you guys soon peace Ooh,